dark in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. And today we welcome back Coaster Sam. You'll have heard in the last episode, hopefully, uh, that it was his first time visit to Flamingoland. And this week we're going to be talking about his first time visit to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Sam's first impressions, maybe some of his disappointments, and also we're going to talk about some advice. So if you're thinking of going to Blackpool Pleasure Beach and perhaps you've you know, only ever been you know years ago or you're going for your first time, hopefully you'll find this podcast helpful. So hello, Sam. Welcome. Hey, hey. how you doing, Ryan? You okay? I'm good, thank you. Not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, you know. Actually, so nice to be able to get out to theme parks and to do rides and roller coasters. Like, it slowly feels like things are gently, gently going back to normal, which is nice. It's what we all need. Yeah, because I think maybe the first time that you came on this podcast, I think the parks were still closed. And mm. I think we did have a couple of conversations, didn't we? Uh, that it's nice to be able to get back in the parks. Um, it's been an interesting one because the parks have reopened in summer and summer normally is really, really busy anyway. And I think with all the measures and things, the parks, maybe they haven't been as busy in terms of numbers, but the parks have looked really busy because of all the measures that you know that have been taking place. Mm, yeah, definitely. It was always always shocking to me when you'd go to like, I don't know, when I was at like Chessington, and uh, and I'd want to go on like Sea Storm, um, and <laughs> you'd go to the Sea Storm queue, and obviously they've they've got the spacing and the, and the and the the distancing happening in, in all the lines, and you go there, and the line is like out the gate, and you're like, what on earth? How has Sea Storm got such a big, such a big queue? And then you check the wait time, and it says all oh, 15 minutes. So, oh, that is not a 15 minute queue. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course it is 15 minutes, but it's just it's so long, you know. Yeah, and it's like in in Blackpool, I think we actually did have a queue for... Well, we had a queue for the Alice ride, didn't we? Mm. Um, and you very rarely, you know, queue more than sort of five or ten minutes for that. And we probably waited about 20 minutes. Uh, and we did have... Uh, there was almost not too bad of a queue on the first day, but on the second day, the queue was absolutely gigantic. It must have been at least a 45-minute queue for the ghost train um, oh yeah the ghost train queue was huge it was like stretching down the um down the pathway yeah i mean the ghost train is is really popular and it's um it's one of the original ghost trains um i mean this episode isn't about the ghost train but it was <laughs> <laughs> it was originally designed uh they called it a pretzel ride because of you know the the way that it maneuvers through the ride uh building so if you look at it from top down, it looks like a pretzel, you know, because it's kind of going in and out of itself. And so that was the pretzel ride was the, um, you know, the pre-ride to when they just thought, actually, let's turn this into a ghost train. So ghost trains traditionally follow 
that kind of in and out uh, sort of uh, figure of eight kind of pretzel format and that's because of the original pretzel ride um, and the one in Blackpool was originally a pretzel ride and I think the I don't know if it was the original or they brought the system the idea of the system over from America um, but yeah so a bit of ghost train facts for you there <laughs> there you go for your ghost train fanatics you had it here yeah. first yeah yeah well hopefully i might have totally made that up but i'm, I'm sure well, i'm sure i read that um a year or so ago. <laughs> i mean even even if you did make it up you know i believe you so you know that's uh yeah well we say it we say if we say it with confidence then that's it it must be true <laughs> that's it that's it honestly if any anything in life just say it with confidence and you got it yeah exactly right so so in this episode, uh, we're just going to focus on Blackpool Pleasure Beach, but I think um, we will at some point in the future do a separate episode on Blackpool itself. I don't know if if we'll do that in the near future, or maybe we'll wait till maybe you've come up and seen the illuminations and seen a few more things in Blackpool, because there were quite a few things closed in Blackpool. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if you'll have sort of a fair... Uh, reflection of it or not at the moment so we'll have a think about that maybe we'll just do a little snappy episode about the stuff that we did do Uh, but in this episode we'll just focus on Blackpool Pleasure Beach and then we'll come back to Blackpool itself uh, at a later date but if you do have any questions about Blackpool in general either Pleasure Beach or just Blackpool then just come and find us on Facebook on the Facebook page and uh, we've also got a group called Loopy About Theme Parks and you can just ask questions on there uh, and we'll help you out uh sam uh before we kick off then do you want to remind everyone where they can find you on the interwebs yeah absolutely so i mainly operate on instagram so you can find me on at coaster sam blog on instagram that's our handle and uh there on our in, in our bio we have the link to our blog where we put up sort of like reviews and opinion pieces uh, and then also I have an IGTV um, account that's linked to my Instagram, of course, which I do a trivia game show and, uh, and a theme park trivia game show filmed inside theme parks. So uh, if you think that you're a bit of a, a theme park geek or, or, or a proud theme park aficionado, come on over to the IGTV, test out your knowledge and, uh, and see what you can do. But um, play along with us at home. It's always fun. And that, once again, that's at Coaster Sam Blog on Instagram. I'll see you there. See you there. Yeah, and uh, we didn't get a chance to do, we didn't do a quiz, did we, at uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach? But you did do a bit of a vlog, so that's on your uh, mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, so if you want to check out, we didn't do we did a vlog from Blackpool back in February when the parks first opened. Uh, so you can see that on our YouTube channel, and it's also on Facebook as well. And Sam did do uh, a vlog when we were there in July. So you can watch both of those uh, and get a gist for what was going on. Right, so kicking off then, Sam, tell me, Blackpool Pleasure Beach, um, I'm going to tell you, uh, because I think you might miss this detail out, I'm going to tell you your first sight of Blackpool Pleasure Beach was as you were following our car and we specifically drove into this from the southern direction of Blackpool because we wanted to take you onto the front and drive past the Pepsi Max big one uh so that was your first sight of Blackpool Pleasure Beach really so what were what were you thinking as we sort of led you along the promenade and you went past the first drop of the Pepsi Max what was going through your head 
Right, I absolutely lost my marbles. Honestly, I was <laughs> I was driving and I was like, "Oh my goodness, there it is." And then and then we we're quite far away, so I was like, oh, "That's amazing. Look at it. It's it's really there." Like and Blackpool was always this place that was just so far away for me to get to. It was almost um uh, almost like the kind of the mecca that I could never get to it, you know, so it was very surreal seeing, you know, the big one towering over. But um, I was, you know, we're driving obviously closer to it and I was like, oh, that's high. Wow, that's really high. Oh, wow, wow, that that's really, really high. <laughs> and then uh, and then I just, yeah, just got so excited to get in there and start the day. Yeah, and also how steep it is when, when you actually stand underneath the the first drop you actually realize how steep <laughs> that, that drop is as well um for international listeners or if you're not familiar with blackpool pleasure beach blackpool pleasure beach is uh, a theme park which is in the northwest of england uh on the coast so it's on the on the seaside uh and blackpool is um i guess blackpool would be considered perhaps the number one seaside uh destination of the uk perhaps um it's a it's got a sandy beach it's a bit of a bucket and spade place for families also it has blackpool tower which is like uh no i wouldn't say it's a miniature version of the eiffel tower but it's inspired by the eiffel tower and it's probably about you know half the height it's it's small in comparison but it's quite tall so blackpool is and sometimes um rightly or wrongly sometimes people describe blackpool as the the vegas of the uk or something like that even though it doesn't really have any casinos or anything like that um casinos aren't really a thing uh really in in the uk we do have some but it's not really it's not really a jazzy place to go like it is uh in las vegas so just that's to just give you a bit of context blackpool pleasure beach is also the, the biggest amusement park in the uk the most renowned and most well-known amusement park um you know probably that the uk has to offer internationally so a lot of people from america would be aware of it probably a lot of people in europe would be aware of blackpool pleasure beach as well and the reason why it's called pleasure beach is because originally the park was literally built onto the beach so the initial rides were there such as the um flying machines and even the big dipper uh, that was built at a later date if you look at some pictures going back you know a hundred years well almost a hundred years ago you'll see the big dipper you know almost like on the sand and that's why um pleasure beach uh they have to be really careful with the upkeep of its rides because you've got all the sea sal- salty sea breeze coming in all the time and also a lot of the foundations are just built into the sand uh but these days they have built uh, a road and there's um a, a sea wall and all that kind of stuff so it's well protected these days so Sam, so um, first thing to mention about Blackpool Pleasure Beach is that as you're entering Blackpool Pleasure Beach, it does have its own sort of weird theme tune, uh, and I really I love hearing this theme tune. I can never I can never get it right, but it's like do 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 do. It's like the fun, the rides, the shows, <laughs> and uh, and that's always something that as I'm entering uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, that's something that kind of helps me anticipate the day. Did you did you hear that when you went in? I think I might have pointed it out to you, but I'm not sure if you were paying any attention uh, when we went in. <laughs> you know, I can't... Um, ooh, you might... Sorry, can you remind me one more time for me, please, Ryan? What was it? What was it? Uh... 
It's like the rides, the shows, the experiences. The rides, the shows, hey, the experiences. Ooh, ah, experiences. Hey, ah, experiences. Ooh, ah, I like it. Yeah, I never, definitely never heard that. I think our rendition is better, and we should record it actually and send it to them. Yeah, yeah, I think we probably should. But I do remember. I tell you what I do remember hearing and I was like this it was the moment where I was like this place is so much fun as we were walking in they were playing that song ooh ah just a little bit ooh ah a little bit more you know that song oh yeah Jin G yeah of course great it was um, so much fun so and that was uh, that was Eurovision Birmingham 1998 I think it was it was awesome, and they they were playing that song, and it was so cheesy, and and all the rides were whizzing round. The sun was shining; it was so exciting. Oh, it was incredible, incredible. Yeah, and the good thing about Pleasure Beach is it does have its own uh, radio station. We never we never got round to make some requested because we were just so busy. Uh, but near the Wallace and Gromit ride, it does have its own radio station, and you can actually request songs during the day um although i think there's certain songs that people i think they're kind of trolling them a little bit now because they keep asking for certain songs that i think the dj is really fed up of of playing (laughs) yeah and it was it was interesting that that's one thing that i definitely want to say um about pleasure beach is that in general like the atmosphere in the park is incredible like I, I have to hand it to them as, as one of my definitely one, one, one of my first impressions there was that not only is there so many roller coasters and there is so much intertwining track everywhere, everywhere you look, there's track, but the energy that place is, I mean, it's bouncing off the walls. You can feel it. It's like, it's like pumping through the speakers and there's, you know, people with their cotton candy and there's like families and teenagers and young adults and, and like, and grandparents and people that have been coming for donkeys and people that are just arriving, you know, all kind of such an eclectic mix of guests with such a wonderful vintage feeling to it, but while blasting cheesy hits. I mean, you can't, it was such a recipe for, a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere, and and if anything, um, that was probably probably my 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 first major first impression where I was like, wow, this place has such uh, such a vibe, such a vibe. Yeah, I I just I just love I always, every time I walk into Blackpool Pleasure Beach, it always just gives me a lift, you know, straight away. I just love just walking through the park, um, and often we'll we'll go into the park quite early um as it's opening and, and they do stagger the rides so you know even just even if we can't get on rides straight away if they're not quite open yet you just get this really good vibe um as you're walking through so those were your first impressions uh really positive but were there any uh anything that you would say disappointed you or uh perhaps didn't quite meet your expectations at blackpool pleasure beach yeah, absolutely. So, um, unfortunately, th- this happens, um, and it's, it's, there's going to be a running theme here. Uh, but theme is very much in what in what I'm next going to say. I, I felt like there was a little bit of a lack of theming. Now, before people start going, well, it's an amusement park and it's not a theme park. I understand that, but I still feel with both, uh, there is um, there is a, a bit of a fusion point. 
uh, at some point. And even even the most amusement of amusement parks will still have elements of theming. And while individual rides, like the Wallace and Gromit area and, the, and stuff like that, has, has some good, I felt like in general, it was just sort of, the whole thing was looked a bit, like sort of grey and like a lot of the colours and on the buildings were sort of washed out and like there was not that much theming and um and uh, yeah I just felt when it, when it started to rain actually I felt it was a bit it looked a bit dismal now that sounds harsh because like I said when I first walked in it was incredible the, the air was booming the sun was out the you know and we can't control the weather but in general, I just felt the park could could have done with a little bit more TLC. Um, my other disappointment, and people are going to kick off, I know, um, I I wasn't a massive fan of Icon. I it was fun and it was it was it was good, but it wasn't as nearly as punchy or as kind of controversial. It is, I know, I know, but I just didn't feel it was that um, punchy or like or incredible. It, it got so much hype and. And I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Um, I actually, when I first rode it, I actually thought, oh, this is actually quite relaxing. No, this is quite calm. This is quite what a nice way to see the park. That is legit what went through my head. At no point went through my head, wow, this is like, oh, I feel that, gee, this is amazing. Whoa, energy. Like, it was more like, ooh, oh, this, is, this is a nice ride. Ooh, this park is nice. Like, you know what I mean? It was, I found it a really relaxing roller coaster, which... Which I don't yeah. know if that was their intention. I think um, their intention. I don't, the thing is, I think what people get confused about uh, a little bit with Icon is that um, it does have two launches, but it's not a launch coaster. the The launches are just there as a way of accelerating you to start the ride, basically. So the launch is is you know it's good to have a launch, but really. Um, I mean, when they when they've got the smoke on, I think the launch really works. Um, and I think while we were there, I didn't see the smoke on. When they've got the smoke on, when you get that launch, because because you get you get disorientated, you kind of feel it feels like you're going faster, um, and you get a bit of a you do get a bit of um, you not force, but you kind of get a bit of a sensation because your eyes are like I don't know, I can't see where I am. Um, so that really works when the smoke is on. So if the smoke isn't on, you know where you're going, and it and it doesn't feel as good of a launch. Um, then I think Icon really the the way that they've built it. I mean, they've they've, they've obviously built it to be able to maneuver around all these different rides. But they have, I think, Mac are really good at looking at a ride and thinking, right, what kind of forces can we put into this ride to make this an enjoyable experience? You know, because some rides, it's all about the power of the launch and then it kind of peters out. Or some rides are all about the number of inversions, which can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable. So when when a manufacturer's thinking about, well, what kind of sensations can we have? You know, one of the best sensations of Icon for me is the the helix towards the end? I think that gives a really really fun sensation, and I do also like the sensation of you go through a bit of a head chopper and then into the second launch, and then onto the Immelman. And I think the Immelman um, is quite an impressive element as well, because especially if you're at the back, because you kind of feel like you're almost getting kind of pushed out of your seat when you get to the top up there. 
So I think that's what it is really. I think it's it's a ride with with good forces, but I wouldn't say it's like a it's not a thrill machine. You know, if you're expecting a thrill machine, then that that is an icon for me. But it does give really really good sensations and also uh, has really good hang time. And because uh, because the ride doesn't have overhead restraints and has lap bars, I think that gives it a different dimension as well. Um, so yeah, so that's probably you know my. But I did I did say to you before we went to Blackpool Pleasure Ridge, I did say I think I think someone's overhyped it to you, <laughs> and I, and I was I was trying to kind of pull you back a little bit. Um, but I think I think the hype kind of kind of got to you a bit, I guess. Um, so I would say with Icon, just don't don't let it get overhyped in your head. But you need to kind of think about it. like Nemesis, it, you know really full on uh you know and the forces can be quite intense you know towards the back whereas with icon uh i wouldn't say that any element is intense uh so that would be the difference for me yeah no absolutely you know hey uh yeah i think i think the a problem in the coaster community is that we can definitely occasionally overhype uh coasters and yeah you're you're absolutely right i i'm sure it must have been overhyped um, and that was partly my fault because I actually have now, since doing that and since feeling a little bit, not sad, but a touch disappointed because of the overhyping ness or whatever, um, I was trying, I, I try now to kind of um, go, in, go into every new coaster not having seen much. Or if I have seen much, then just try and keep a really open mind and sort of not not expect too much from it because you know then you're always going to have a better experience than than by getting disappointed but it, it was interesting you know it was good i thought it was it was a it was a, it was a fun it was a fun ride yeah and and you know and every ride's different and everybody's looking mm. for something different from a ride mm. um yeah you know i i'm not a massive fan of of launch coasters but some people really enjoy them um i'm not a massive fan i much prefer um, you know something like Shambhala, which is you know quite tall uh, with airtime hills. You know that's the kind of ride that I like. So for me, it does offer quite a bit of floaty airtime and also some ejector airtime, like on that Immelman, and also has the hang time as well. So the kind of stuff that I'm looking for in a ride, it does kind of tick a lot of those boxes. Uh, however, you know, in an ideal world, it'd be great if even if that second launch um had a bit more force to it but from from what i hear though i've not i've not i've never experienced this but sometimes the icon can can valley uh on the second launch so it can sometimes go on the second launch and then doesn't quite make it up the the immelman um and then therefore what they have to do is they have to do a, a standing launch uh, and apparently that launch it actually is quite intense because they've, they've got to do it from a standing start because obviously it's normally it's normally already rolling you know as it comes onto the launch. So maybe in the future uh, we'll get to experience that standing standing launch. Yeah. Um, you know, or it'd be great if they could do it on purpose. You know, on the ride, maybe yeah. they could trim it a little bit more <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do that standing launch, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So, was there anything else you'd say uh, at Pleasure Beach that didn't quite meet your expectations, or does that kind of cover? No, no, no. That, that, yeah, that, that, that was it. Well, but I feel bad because you're asking me all the questions. I, I actually want to ask you. Um, 
Did you have any disappointments from that trip? Or I know you've been quite a few times, so let me re let me rephrase it. Is there anything that you would like to see improved at Blackpool? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so Blackpool Pleasure Beach is probably our home park, I suppose. Even though it's not quite the closest park to where we live, it is the park that we go to the most. So for us, it is our home park, so we go there quite a lot. Um, the only thing, I mean, the thing is with Pleasure Beach is it's quite a tight park, um, and, um, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to go to Pleasure Beach too much, if that makes sense. If you go too much, it's easy to get a little bit too blasé with it and the rides just don't have the impact anymore. So with Pleasure Beach, I think you've got to make sure that you're not, you're not going too often. Like I know some people, you know, uh, all go like every other weekend or something, but I think if you go too much, then you start to notice these things that you don't like more and more. So, uh, but in terms of what I'd like them to improve, I think, yeah, I, I, I get why they don't really do theming because A, they don't have the space and B, uh, it is an amusement park. It's not actually a theme park. But I think I'd like them... Uh, they have started to do this more and more now. They've started to do more events. And I think I'd like to see that more of that from them. And I think when it comes to, say, like the Halloween events, I'd like them to think a little bit more about that in terms of the events that they put on. I think, um, like I've said before, it'd be great to have you know live actors in some of the rides, maybe. Um you know, I don't know how practical or safe that is, uh, but it'd be good if they could do things like that. You know, like in the past, um, uh, Alton Towers did something called Jewel Live, you know, the what was the haunted house, but it's now Jewel, like a shooting ride. And they once put actors in there, and it was called Jewel Live. And I was thinking, you know what, it'd be great if at Blackpool Pleasure Beach they could put actors in the maybe the ghost train or something like that. Um, so... I think that's all I'd like to see them improve. But also, I think Pleasure Beach, I think they maybe need to start thinking about where they want to position themselves in the market. You know, do they want to be known as an amusement park that has all these historic rides? Or do they want to be, you know, more like Cedar Point? So, you know, they want to always build something new and something faster and bigger and better. You know, and and also, can they realistically afford to do that anyway? You know, because there's some rides I think at Pleasure Beach which they take up an awful lot of space, and I'm not convinced that they have longevity. So, for example, the two that I would say uh, ride-wise is they have the Grand Prix ride, which is the Cars uh, ride. We didn't get onto that when we went, and also they have Avalanche as well, which is another Mac ride, which is. It's a really unique ride. It, it has a, quite a big footprint and it's not particularly thrilling. And these rides now have started to disappear. Um, they're not as prominent anymore. And I just wonder if they took, if they thought about, I think they need to think about that space and think, what could we put in that space and, and maybe something even, you know, something faster. You know, like I've said before, maybe they could have a ride called the faster one and have a proper launch coaster that maybe goes up to a top hat or something like that. And that's the thing that Blackpool Pleasure Beach has on its side. It can build vertically. There's not really restrictions. Um, So that's the way I'd like to see Pleasure Beach go. But I do want to make sure that Pleasure Beach really looks after its heritage. Um, And they have come under criticism before, like 
with the wild mouse it did come to the end of its life and it sort of got torn down and Blackpool Pleasure Beach when they owned Southport they took down the Texas Tornado I think oh was that no that was a uh, uh, Morecambe but anyway um they you know they they have been known to take down these wooden coasters in the past but I'm not sure whether they would dare to you know take down the Grand National for example so I don't know so just just little things really and just sort of thoughts but I I try not to when I go to a park these days I try not to look for the negatives I I look for the positives and um I think at this day and age I think that's the way that everyone needs to kind of look at it so I'd say don't think about it too much and just try and enjoy yourself because like we've said in the past the whole point of going to an amusement park is to have fun and if you go in there and looking at you know the bad stuff then you're not necessarily going to have a good time are you so that's absolutely my, that's yeah. my little run <laughs> that went on for about five minutes it's like my my monologue of the day i think <laughs> <laughs> no it's good yeah i think you're right i think we're we're incredibly lucky to have parks open and i think there is a tendency at the moment with uh all the covid restrictions happening and parks having to operate safely in the times um for people to complain about you know having lines along or or um you know, this wasn't open, that wasn't open. You've got to realise all these parks are putting themselves and their staff on the line to open for you. So, yeah, I think everyone needs to just, just relax and enjoy and escape at a park, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we, you know, it's like we said in the Flamingoland one, sometimes it's a choice between, you know, one or the other. And sometimes it's a choice between I can build this fantastic ride or... I can fill. I can put some theming in, you know, somewhere else in the park. At the end of the day, if you've got a choice between putting in a new ride or putting in some theming, then surely you're going to choose the ride every time, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and these family parks, you know, like Blackpool Pleasure Beach, it's a family-run park, and that's the way we want it to stay. So we need we need it to be, you know, viable, and sometimes. You know, staying viable means making difficult choices. Mm. Um, and like with Blackpool Pleasure Beach, in the past, you know, when we used to go to Blackpool Pleasure Beach, you know, in the past of, you know, over 20 years ago, it used to be somewhere you could just walk in and you'd buy tokens uh, and you'd kind of go on things ride by ride, um, you know, and anyone could go in for free. But the trade off with doing that was that, you know, you had people in the park who, really weren't there to have fun you know maybe they were there to cause a bit of trouble uh maybe it was somewhere to kind of hang out for some people and that Mm. didn't give the park the right atmosphere really um so amanda thompson as as uh you know she's she's changed she's changed the direction of the park because under jeffrey thompson he did see it there as an amusement park something that's free to go in, get as many people on the rides and, you know, get the tills ringing, you know, which is fine. However, Amanda's come in, changed the model, you know, now you have to pay to go in. I think now it's £10 just to go in. Um, However, you do get a ride on the train and and a few other things. Uh, And what that's meant is that that's made it a much safer family environment. It's made it feel a little bit more like a theme park. But the trade-off of that has been that they've not been able to operate the same length of hours because on a night, people would have just wandered in and maybe done a ride or two and then maybe wandered out. Now, it's unlikely that someone's going to pay 
you know, £30 to go in at 6 o'clock at night and just, you know, potentially ride a couple of rides. So what that's meant is the Pleasure Beach hasn't, you know, like in the past 20 years ago, it'd be open from 10 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. It'd be open all day. But now they can't do that. So that's the trade-off. But, you know, more and more they are doing the nighttime riding now. Um, and long may that continue. Absolutely. Right, okay, so uh, moving on to highlights then, I think we've probably covered a few already anyway, but would you say, are there any other highlights from the trip, uh, anything that you would say also that perhaps you weren't aware of, you know, because you did, like with Flingoland, you've done all your research, but there might have been things that you missed, or there might be things that exceeded your expectations, so would you say that there's anything that fell under that kind of category? Yeah, I mean, okay, so so I've got I've got a few here. So, um, again, uh, sorry to repeat myself. So the atmosphere was incredible. That I honestly I I can't describe to you how just awesome it was just to walk around and to feel that energy. That is really rare actually to find um, in 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 a in a, in a, in a theme park. Yes, you'll get atmosphere, but you won't get such a an uplifting, carefree party kind of vibe that you get at uh blackpool so so absolutely 10 out of 10 for that um the coasters coaster tracks everywhere i didn't expect it to be as many coasters crammed into such a small space so to seeing like you know to be able to look one way and see about five or six different roller coasters all intertwining or, or seemingly intertwining and sort of you know in you can get you take a picture and you've got five coasters in one shot i mean it's amazing um so I thought that was fantastic, and and finally, um, my 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 highlight is 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 how intense is it? Thunderlooper or Looper? I can't remember. Lo- oh, you mean uh, Revolution? Revolution. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, Revolution. Okay, so going on it, I was like, oh, it's just like one loop. That's the entire ride. Great, cool. That's just going to be easy. So we went on it. I was like, oh, cool. So the first, you know, you go go to it forwards. You do it forwards. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then it was like, this is going to be the most intense experience of your life. At the time, I was thinking, yeah, 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 sure. When it was built, like, in 2000 and never, you know, like, whatever. Yeah, cool. We went backwards and, oh, my goodness. It was, that is the most intense loop I've ever, I've ever, I mean, I I felt like I couldn't breathe when I was actually going on it. It was so intense. Yeah. What a shock. It was such a shock. It's a really unique experience to go backwards uh, through a loop and also uh, the other thing is I think what catches people out is um, the launch um, is actually quite snappy you know from the platform um, and, and what feels unusual is that you're launching and then dipping straight down which doesn't normally happen normally you launch and then you'll kind of go up into a spiral or you'll kind of go up you know like on stealth or something um, so that's quite uh, unusual uh, and it's quite a weird sensation. Um, the the other uh, highlight potentially, Sam, would be uh, the Holy Grail. Um, the first time on the Pepsi Max big one, uh, we managed to get a, a backseat ride. So what were your impressions of, you know, because the Pepsi Max big one comes under, it's the tallest roller coaster in the UK, uh, very iconic. It's been there since 1994, so it's, you know, getting on a little bit now. But Hypercoaster, tallest coaster in the UK, Arrow Coaster, uh, so you don't see these built anymore. Uh, but it comes under a lot of criticism. You know, some people say, you know, it's a monorail, it's boring, uh, it's slow, 
but you know what what were your what was your impression of the Pepsi Max big one? Yes, I don't really know why people are calling it a monorail. There is nothing that makes it a monorail. So I was a li- I was actually borderline. I can't lie. I was a little bit nervous, um, and I've never ever ever felt nervous. But uh, before going on a roller coaster, but I, I did on the big one because you get to the top and you get going higher and higher and higher, and you're like, oh, we're we're really actually quite high, and then suddenly. You know, you go down that drop and you have that weird kind of little little turn in the drop that sort of smacks you into place. And it was it was fantastic. It was so good. And then you've obviously got the, um, you know, the kind of, uh, I don't want to say the wrong terminology here because I'm not so good when it comes to specific sort of layout terminology. But almost kind of like an out and back. You kind of, uh, you kind of do these dips, whatever, go around and then, and then come back. But I love, um, what I loved on that ride is that towards the end um i i adored the fact of, of how you like had so much interaction with other rides like was it you went you went like flying under a bridge and you went right next to um oh the um the horse oh what's the horse oh, yeah, one called yeah yeah yeah, yeah the uh, the steeplechase yeah. steeplechase yeah you went, you went right next to the steeplechase you know you you really you flew around that track so yeah i thought it was fantastic ryan i loved it and you know what? I couldn't have had a better first time riding partner. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, I tried to be. I try, you know, I try to be a good first time riding partner. Um, but um, I always try and get Shelley to sit on the uh, left hand side on the turnaround uh, because that does, you know, because it, it, it is quite steep. Uh, it's quite angled as it's turning round and then you just see the ground, you know, a hundred and odd feet below you. <laughs> and I like to see Shelley's face every time we go around that turnaround. <laughs> so that's always <laughs> quite good. But um, yeah, I mean, the the big one it's had to be uh, retract, um, you know, over the years. It, you know, it, it, it does put a lot of stress uh, and force on a lot of the track. Uh, the turnarounds had to be uh, reprofiled the first drop has had to be reprofiled as well so they've had to make quite a lot of amendments to it and um do you know i i don't know if this is ever possible but i would love one day if if it was even feasible to make it uh something like a flawless uh train you know can you imagine being that high up uh i mean yeah you can because the b&ms are even taller and have you know these kind of ride systems but you could have a, a train, you know, that was a bit more open, you know, perhaps flawless. It would be an even, even it better be, experience. Oh, that would be <laughs> intense. Could you imagine doing that whip on a nice flawless trip? Yeah, it would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> it would. And especially in the dark. And you watch, in the dark, you could feel, you'd feel so exposed. Mm. Um, and especially if it's raining and you get a bit of Blackpool wind. <laughs> that would be quite a unique <laughs> Which is what, 90... 9.3% of the year at Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, especially when you go in winter, which is normally when we go, because we'll normally go opening weekend until about May, and then we won't go again until normally the kids go back to school. So it's it's always cold normally when we go. But if you go, um, you know, one thing I would say is that if you're going to go and you've got a choice of when you can go, go during the illumination. So the illuminations would normally run between September and November, although this year they're going to run until uh, it's the start of January. So I think January the 3rd, something like that. Uh, and the, the And this year 
the Blackpool Pleasure Beach is going to be open until I think December the 13th I want to say so well into December uh, so if you can go uh, and do some uh, nighttime rides um, uh, and get on the big one while the illuminations are on then that is that is something special that's really spectacular so I would recommend that and that's something that I aspire to uh, get you to at, at some point in the future Sam oh yeah we gotta do it we gotta do it It'd be great to go back. It would be great to go back. Yeah, so we just need to work out the uh, logistics of that. So, uh, moving on then, uh, let's talk about if if I was thinking, you know, if I was someone who hasn't been to Pleasure Beach for quite a long time, or I'm someone who's thinking about going to Blackpool and going to the Pleasure Beach, what would be the best advice that we would give to somebody in that position? Um, I think it's I think that's that's a hard one. Obviously, I've I've only been a few times. I only went on uh, when I say a few times. It was all within the period of of, of that trip that I went with you. So um, I'm definitely not the most well versed in the sort of ins and outs of Blackpool. But uh, based on my sort of two or three days there, however long we were there for, right? Um, I would probably say I would say take your time. Uh, know that the the park is is open for quite a while and also the park also has a uh, flexible hours so they may announce at like sort of lunchtime that the park's going to be open for like another two two hours or whatever added on to the end of the day so so definitely it's worth kind of keeping your eye out on the social medias on social medias what am i 70 on social media um and um and keep yourself like aware of what's happening with the times Take your take your time when walking around the park. Relax, soak up that awesome atmosphere and the party energy, and uh, and and take your time with going on the rides. You know, um, because as always, the later the park is open until, um, the more people will start funneling funneling out sort of towards the afternoon. So, I definitely suggest you know stay, uh, go in and come in and out. You know, you can with with your ticket, you can move in and around. So. If you don't want to stay in the park all day, you know, go do something else and come back and enjoy those later hours. But definitely take your time when walking around. That's uh, I felt I felt like with the three days that we had, we definitely could take our time. And I know everyone, not everyone's going to have three days when they're there. But that was one of the nicest things of just how relaxing and fun and energetic it was. But nice to be able to sort of taking the views and the sights of roller coasters by the sea yeah and um and also we did have time didn't we on our first day to stop and we did have a bottle of champagne didn't we um so we had a bit of a sip for about 45 minutes with a bottle of champagne so oh it was, was very bougie i must say <laughs> i never, never had champagne in a theme park before but clearly when you go with when you go with uh, ryan from theme park loopy you know this is what you get treated to. It was amazing. He was, I sat there and we were like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? And he's like, oh, yeah, can we get a bottle of them? I was thinking in my head, oh, Prosecco or something. He was like, oh, we'll get a bottle of champagne, actually. Champagne? <laughs> Fantastic. Loved it. It's always, yeah, it's a, it's always a bit of a tradition for us that when we go to the Pleasure Beach, we have to get a bottle of champagne. <laughs> I mean, it must be one of the most expensive things that you can buy. Because I think, <laughs> I think the bottle was... Uh, 
I don't think it was quite £50, but it was, you know, going on there. So, you know, not the most expensive bottle of champagne, but <laughs> probably probably in a theme park, it's probably one of the most expensive things you can get. But, I mean, if you were there with, you know, if you were there with um, a few of you, then, you know, it's worth getting and you can have a glass each. Um, I don't know, there's something about Pleasure Beach, especially if it's, you know, if the sun's shining having a glass of uh, champagne and watching the coasters go by is uh, not better than that. Um, I think, I think I don't know if you'd agree with this, Sam, I think uh, one of the, uh, the advice that I'd give to someone staying at the first time would be, and the advice that I always give to people is, make sure that you're staying at a hotel close to the Pleasure Beach. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, firstly, if it starts to rain, you know, in the afternoon, you can go back to your hotel dry off have a bit of a rest and then go back to the park which you can't do if you're staying up near the tower it just consumed too much of your time um and also it means that you can get in pretty much first thing in the morning and you're not having to get on the tram with the rest of the crowds and things like that so i would recommend we stayed on osborne road didn't we you stayed at the san diego which is quite popular with some of the Pleasure Beach crew. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, um, I stayed at the San Diego Guest House, and a quick shout-out to San Diego Guest House. Um, it was phenomenal. It was it was really good value. It was sort of £25 a night, um, which is unheard of. But that 25 quid came with breakfast as well. Um, all the facilities were lovely. Um, they were clean. It was comfy. They even, because they found out it was my first time and I was coming for Pleasure Beach, and, and I was really excited to be there. They even managed to find a room for me with views of Pleasure Beach. Like, I could literally see Ice Blaster or whatever, literally from my room. It was amazing. I loved it. So, And it's literally on the doorstep. I mean, you're not even uh, one one step away from Pleasure Beach. You've got the Velvet Coaster, which is just next door, and then you've got Pleasure Beach. And that and San Diego is right between the two of them. You won't have to walk more than 30 seconds to get to either. Yeah, and you you paid about was it twenty five pounds for a single room? So yep, yep, twenty five quid uh, for a room, um, and that was a double bed and uh, sort of coffee and tea facilities and that, and uh, and a sink. It was with a shared bathroom, so it was about fifty quid uh, for the two nights. But that includes your breakfast as well, and uh, your parking's is at an additional charge. But um, it was I mean for twenty five quid, you just you can't moan, can you? No, and you and you got breakfast as well, didn't you? Um, we normally stay on Osborne Road at the South Shore Hotel. That's just a little bit further down, and that's usually um, sort of around about forty-five pounds a night. They don't do breakfast there, but to be honest, we're not really uh, we're not necessarily breakfast people, so we're happy to just go on to the Velvet Coaster, which is the Weatherspoons. Um, and we'll just get a bit of breakfast there usually. Um, and also, if you get, if you if you go to the Velvet Coaster and, and, you, and you're lucky enough to get the right seats, you've got a perfect view of the Pepsi Max big one as you're having your breakfast. So you can't really beat that, can you? You know, watching the Pepsi Max testing uh, in the morning while you're having your breakfast—that's uh, pretty good. I have never seen Ryan more excited. Literally, <laughs> literally, I get excited, schoolgirl. The first morning we got there. Right, we're all having breakfast at uh, the Velvet Coaster. I was very excited to get to the Velvet Coaster because it's, you know, shrouded in, if that's the right word, in um, sort of fame amongst enthusiasts in the UK. And it was my first time there and I was buzzing. 
and we sat down. <laughs> Shelley, who was next to us, she um, she looks up and goes, "Oh, the big one's testing." Ryan goes, <gasps> "Where? What? What?" And starts looking and just waits and just <laughs> has this intense stare at the big one, waiting to see another train go round, just to confirm Shelley's uh, Shelley's uh, uh, thoughts, whatever. But it was it was fantastic. We had such a nice trip, honestly. Uh, I want to publicly on the podcast say a massive, massive thank you to both Shelley and Ryan for um, just being amazing tour guides throughout this entire trip and that entire trip and showing me the right ways to do things. You guys are just so generous and friendly and some of the nicest enthusiasts out there. So just thank you so much. And I can't wait for, for, for our next trip. Oh, thank you, and and hopefully next time uh, you'll be able to stay for free uh, in our in our new house. Hopefully, if we have yeah, the, uh, <laughs> so, the new house finally. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, and we'll actually be able to avoid, afford to you know go places you know because <laughs> we've not been able to do as much this year. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you'll get a bit of free accommodation. In oh, that sounds. So. I can't wait. That sounds divine. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, Honestly, you guys are just so lovely. You really are. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, okay, so... Um, oh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, which you haven't mentioned, which I'm really surprised you've not mentioned, so this must have blanked from your mind, but I think you told me that there was a certain wooden coaster that was your new <gasps> one and i think you even suggested that you liked it more than wicker man which might be controversial oh yeah you're right actually yes um so this is really gonna shock people <laughs> so the grand national is without a shadow of a doubt the best coaster in the uk it is my favorite Number one coaster in the UK. And in my opinion, I actually think it does beat Wicker Man. Now, people are going <laughs> to hate me and they're going to go on and be like, what is he talking about? He doesn't know. I'm sorry. I love a rough Woody. And I'm not being rude or naughty when I say that. Right. I love like getting thrown around on like a crazy, crazy Woody. Like I, I love I love the airtime hills, the chaos that it creates, the fact that you're really having to clean on with your inch of your life, the fact that you can feel the, the sides of the car creaking as you go around the bends. You know, I, I honestly, that ride, I've never laughed in fits of laughter. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and what was what was funny is, um, well, it wasn't funny really. But, well, the cost of the COVID measures, they closed every other road. Which <laughs> What's meant funny that, about COVID? You're so what, silly. No, no, <laughs> no. But what I mean is the, the the way they closed the trains down was that you had to sit on a wheel, and normally they'd say, "Whatever you do, try not to sit on a wheel." But you had no choice but to sit on the wheels. So you must have had, and also I think one of your first rides was at the very very back. It was, it was, <laughs> so you, it was. So you were at the back on a wheel. Uh, it was you know, so it's... bumpy. It was mad. It was, it was so much fun. Honestly, what a great coaster that is. What a coaster. Yeah. We're so lucky to have it. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good one. And and some people, some people always speculate and say, oh, well, maybe they could RMC it or something like that. But it just wouldn't actually be physically possible to do it because mainly because i'm not sure about the grand national but i mean like i said the 
underneath the pleasure beach is is just sand, um, and I don't know how deep those foundations are for the Grand National. And so, if you were going to put really heavy steel tracks on top, you wouldn't be able to. You'd either have to replace a hell of a lot of the wood, uh, reinforce it a hell of a lot. You'd have to change it so much that it just wouldn't be the Grand National anymore. And then you might as well have just built a brand new RMC. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. So I think it's just going to be one of these situations where I think I think the Grand National is in need of a little bit of TLC, but it is I think it's running reasonably well. You know, I normally we do for the last few years we've not gone on the Grand National because I just find it a little bit too a little bit too much for me. Uh, but to be honest, I, w- I was surprised I didn't find it as rough as. I have done in the past, so it was actually running pretty well when you went. So, uh, <laughs> but that that double down, um, you know, from from the off is is an experience. <laughs> it's it's I love it. I love it. You know, I loved it so much that I even even changed my car key keyring. So now I've got where everywhere I go, I've got a piece of purple pleasure beach reminding me that the Grand National. Is my number one in the UK. I don't know why I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, next time you'll have to treat yourself to a Grand National hoodie, won't you? Um, I might do. I might do. I really like the Avalanche Christmas jumper, actually. I wasn't a big fan of Avalanche the ride, but I quite like the Christmas jumper. Yeah, and we did we did queue for quite a while for Avalanche. That's the first time of. I, I think I remember queuing for Avalanche the first ever time I went on it, which must have been 19. 95 or something like that maybe because uh, I think the Pepsi Max had only just opened I remember all the adverts were on there for the Pepsi Max so it must have been either 94 95 uh, but since then I've never ever queued for the Avalanche or well I have queued but normally it'd be like 5 minutes or something like that so so that was an experience queuing you know <laughs> over half an hour for Avalanche that was something new <laughs> Right, okay, so uh, before we close then, um, have you got any kind of final thoughts or anything that you want to share? Uh, I do. I have I have one final thought that I'd love to um, sort of speak about, um, and that is Mr. Funshine will haunt your dreams. <laughs> Mr. Funshine is the best uh, theme park or amusement park mascot that should ever exist. Uh, and I'm so happy that the, the finally Pleasure Beach, you know, for a number of years, the only place that you saw Mr. Funshine was on the old gates. And we were really scared that Mr. Funshine were just going to kind of disappear. But I, I'm now happy to say that this season in particular and previous couple of seasons, now the park are embracing the Funshine. And I would say to everyone... It is time to embrace the sunshine. So. <laughs> that, that's the new slogan, is it? <laughs> that's that's a new that's a new slogan coming on some merch uh, near you soon. Embrace the sunshine. Embrace like, the sunshine. Embrace em, him. Embrace him. Yeah. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Hey. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Okay. Don't, don't blame, blame it on the sunshine. Hey. Hey. Don't blame, blame it on, on the sunshine. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Um, no tree. But yeah, no, there's some great. But I've got um, in my hands at the moment. I have the uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach Mister Funshine cushion, and I think um, 
Well, I got it for my birthday back in April. Um, it was only about seven pounds or something, and it's got nice bit of embroidering on it. I think it's it's pretty cool. Um, Ryan, have you ever thought about working on the Telly Shopping Channel? <laughs> I could, I could do, couldn't I? I could You're very it. good. Anyway, it's got a lovely bit of embroidering and uh, a bit oh, kind of yellow kind of felt kind of material. There you go. Yours now. It needs to be more raspy. You need to do it more like a Yorkshire raspy farmer. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. What like? Well, it's got. Well, it's 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 got itself. Uh, it's got itself, you know, some some embroidered. No, that's, I'm just going Cockney now. <laughs> you know, uh, it, being you know, from Yorkshire, you know, I can't look, do Yorkshire look at this, accent. You know, look at this. It's got you know, it's got some you know. it's got some embroidery. It looks it's, all right. It looks all right. So, it's not it's not too bad. You know? Oh, only five pound at shop. So yeah, buy it oh, now. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we've got. To, we I think we need to end on this, which is. Um, did you pick up? So you spent um, four or five days with us, but well, four days, I guess. Mm. Did what? What Yorkshireisms did you pick up? Because you're from obviously the, the London town, and um, you know you all talk a bit fancy down there. So, <laughs> what kind of um, Yorkshire speak did you actually pick up uh, when you were up north? Well, just not saying the word the correctly. I mean, for some reason, you just say. You just put the T on and nothing else. The H and the E do not exist. So that was definitely probably the main thing that I... And also calling... I mean, this isn't a major shock, but calling tea, calling supper tea or dinner tea or... (laughs) What else? Yeah, that was about it. What about... uh, Can you tell me... Let's do a little test. Can you tell me the difference between oat and oat? Oh, yeah. So... Okay. uh, No... Is nothing. Oh, is oh, hang on, I remember this. Aren't they the same thing? Oh, and no. Oh, and no. No is nothing. Oh, is a lot or like is it? It's a, a descriptive word, isn't it? Yeah. So oh could be anything. Like like it could mean anything. Um, but you'd say you'd say um, you know it's oh and oh. So it's oh, it's all you know. It could be all or anything. It's got a few different meanings. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, because if you say so, you could say well, it's all or no. So it's all or nothing. Uh, that was what that would mean. Um, and and what's different? Um, you, some people might be familiar with um, the way it's said on things like Coronation Street, but it's probably worth pointing out that Lancashire, I guess, I mean, Pleasure Beach is in Lancashire, um, they say it slightly differently. So they'll say, they'll say, instead of saying no, they'll say now. So you might have heard it said like that before, now. And if it's now, that's that's Manchester, that's kind of Manchester speak, that's Lancashire. So that's how you can tell the difference between if someone's from Yorkshire or Lancashire, they won't say no, they'll say now. So there's a few differences there. So yeah, but you managed you managed to more or less understand. I think um, on the first day when we went to Flamingo Land, and there was me and Shelley uh, from from Leeds, and then you've got Charlie from Barnsley. Mm. I bet yeah, I bet you just didn't know what were going on. That's about well, when about when we were all kind of gabbling together. I bet you were thinking, I don't know what's going on here. What are you all talking about? I actually did. I actually uh, had to semi ask you guys to slow down talking because I was like. 
Um, sorry, uh, I think I just missed what you said. Can you say that one more time for me? A bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's yeah, good, and and this it's is good. what happens when when I go down to London, and I, and I do go down to London. Well, I haven't been recently, but in the past, I have gone down to London quite a lot. Um, and people just kind of look at you like, "Who is this crazy person? <laughs> <laughs> what are they, what are they talking about?" Um, so yeah. Um, but when you go to France, uh, you have to put on a French accent. So I've never tried to speak French in a Yorkshire accent. So oh, that has got to be a recipe for disaster, surely. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Bon bonjour. All right, bonjour. All right, All right. bonjour. All right, hey up, hey up, bonjour. Hey up, bonjour. Je voudrais un beer. Yeah, por favor. <laughs> por fa yeah, por favor. <laughs> well done, very good, yeah, very yeah. good. Mon monch too, monch too, monch too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Right, okay. Well, uh, before we finish, then, do you want to just remind everyone where they can find uh, the coast of Sam? Yeah, of course. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Blog. Uh, on there, you also have the link to my actual blog website. Uh, we also have our IGTV there where we do our vlogs and our theme park uh, trivia videos too. So find us on there. That's at Blog on Instagram. Yep, and a bit of cameo from your uh, little... Uh time watch there. Yes, indeed. It's just <laughs> telling me... Do you know, this used to be the time I'd wake up to go to work in america so i think right oh. now it's got to be like three o'clock or whatever and that was when uh, i used to come off my break and and go straight into work oh well there we go yeah. um yeah and theme park loopy if you want to find us um we're probably most active on facebook so if you find us on there at theme park loopy we are on instagram as well um so we 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 post we post a reasonable amount on instagram so you can find us on there um, we do also have uh, a YouTube channel, um, and we've got a few vlogs uh, on there that we've done lately. We've not managed to do as much as we'd like, uh, but there's always stuff appearing on there. So if you want to find us on YouTube, find us on there. So, thanks for joining us. Um, hopefully, um, these podcast episodes, we have got a few lined up now. So it may be a little bit more frequent than it has been recently. Ideally, we want to get to a point where we're putting out a podcast at least a few times a month, um, you know, or even better, once a week. But it really depends on, you know, uh, if people are available or even, you know, if we have something to talk about. But there usually is something to talk about. Um, so if you if you have us on iTunes or on Spotify then please do consider clicking the subscribe or whatever button they have there so that you keep getting the updates um we're going to try and launch the podcast's episodes on Monday mornings so hopefully they'll be there ready for your commute or to i sometimes listen to podcasts in the bath i don't know if that's the done thing or not sam um but no i do as well you know isn't that weird i actually um do you know a lot of my friends they listen to podcasts um when they're when they're working out so they'll work out and they'll listen to podcasts yeah i don't think i could work out to a podcast because i think it 
I don't know. Um, it'd be a bit of a weird pace, wouldn't it? I suppose it depends on <laughs> yeah. the on the topic. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know, I have to say, I, I've been listening to um, I've been listening to a lot of Disney related podcasts recently. They're normally quite handy to listen to, um, and I think we're going to have to um, do. I, I I think I'd quite like to to do a bit more uh, on the Disney side of things with the podcasts and. Um, I think maybe we can try and put a bit more of a positive spin on it because um, there's a lot of negativity in the in the Disney community in particular at the moment, um, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, so maybe at some point uh, we can have another chat about Disney and and you know maybe sort of brighten brighten that scene up, up a little bit. Uh, but it's probably just the podcast that I'm listening to, perhaps. Um, but. There you go. That's just one of those things. <laughs> um, so yeah. So thanks for joining us. It's been great having you listen to us, and we'll see you again next time. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs>